With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome back to Chasing Perfection, a UConn women's basketball podcast. I'm Daniel Connolly here with Megan Gower. And I think we've broken the curse. A couple of weeks ago, we were going to record a podcast one night. And then I think I had something and we pushed it off a day or two. And pretty much the next morning, UConn released some schedule news. And if you've been listening long enough, you'd know that it's almost a staple for schedule news to come exactly after we've recorded a show. So I think that might have broken the cycle where we just zigged when the universe thought we were going to zag. And now schedule news isn't coming out immediately after we record podcasts because last week UConn women's basketball released its non-conference schedule and we already knew all of the opponents, but now we have dates and still not times, just dates for every single game. So just to run through it quickly, UConn's going to open unofficially the season with Fort Hayes state that's at home. Then they open the regular season with Arkansas on November 14th. I should mention Fort Hayes state is the week before Arkansas on November 7th. Six days after the Arkansas opener, UConn travels to the Bahamas for the battle for Atlantis. They play Minnesota on November 20th, the winner of Syracuse and USF, which is definitely going to be USF on November 21st. And then whoever comes out of the other side of the bracket on November 22nd, which in all likelihood is going to be South Carolina. If it's not South Carolina, it's probably going to be Oregon. If it's a major upset, I think Buffalo's over there and I can't think of who the fourth team is because they're probably irrelevant. So then there's a pretty sizable gap in their schedule. Unless the Big East starts play soon, the final of the battle for Atlantis is November 22nd. UConn's next non-conference game is December 5th against Notre Dame. feels like the Notre Dame game is almost always the first week of December. I don't know what it is with that game, but right there. And then a few days after that, UConn travels down to Georgia Tech for their first true road game of the year on December 9th. Two days later, they go up to Newark for the Never Forget Tribute Classic against UCLA. Megan has some UCLA takes to drop in a second. Then on December 19th, they play Louisville at Mohegan Sun. Then Oregon at Oregon on January 17th. South Carolina on January 27th. And then finally, the non-conference schedule wraps up with Tennessee on February 6th. UConn hasn't announced what time the games are what arena, whether it's Gamble Pavilion or the Excel Center that they're going to be at. But if I had to guess, Notre Dame's going to be at the Excel Center. Tennessee's going to be at Gamble. And I would guess that Arkansas is also at Gamble because it's very rare that they don't open their season, their home schedule, at least at Gamble Pavilion. The last time they played Notre Dame at home, that one was at Gamble Pavilion. And usually those games flip. And it's the same thing with Tennessee. Last time it was at the Excel Center probably going to be at Gamble Pavilion this year. thing that just kind of struck me going through this is they really don't play a ton of non-conference games at home. They have just three in there. And I mean, I guess the Louisville game is more or less a de facto home game at Mohegan Sun Arena, but still actual home arenas 
you just have three games there. So it's good to finally have the schedule out, but nothing we haven't already talked about. If you want to hear us talk more about what games we're looking forward to in the non-conference schedule, we spent a lot of time on that on the last episode. So go check that out. Megan, any outstanding thoughts on the non-conference schedule? Do you want to drop your UCLA take here? Yeah, yeah. So we talked a lot about UCLA on the last week podcast, so I'm just going to add one thing there that I overlooked when looking at their roster, but they do have a transfer actually from Oregon, so she played at her freshman season at Oregon. Um, Angela Dijalik, I might be butchering her last name, but she played with Serbia in the Olympics, which for anyone that watched any of those Olympic games, Serbia had a pretty strong Olympic run, um, and most I feel like most impressive, she played about 20 minutes against the U.S. team in that game when I think it was like the quarterfinals that the U.S. played Serbia and had 10 boards and four points. Not a lot of points, but definitely a lot of rebounds. So I'm kind of another person to add to the, the UCLA roster that makes that game one to circle for sure. My only other take on this is PSA that flights from uh, New York to the Bahamas have dropped to under $300 for anyone that's trying to make it to those games in the Bahamas. Thanksgiving week. You have caught my attention. <laughs> I, I was act- tracker at it. I haven't committed <laughs> yet. Mostly because I need to renew my passport. And I don't know that I actually can do that in time at this point. But <laughs> uh, I, I was actually meaning to message you like a couple of days ago, like, hey, I know you have that flight tracker on. If those <laughs> drop at all, uh, wanna let me know because I would be on that. Oh, that would be the ultimate one. Yeah, I'm looking for the right now. I have it tracked on Google Flights, and they look for me not that long ago. Especially, as I just mentioned earlier, they don't play a game from the 22nd to the 5th unless a Big East game gets scheduled in there. So, well, I mean, it's the 20th, the 21st, uh, I'm looking at the wrong date, or the wrong month. It's the uh, 20th, the 21st, and the 22nd. Oh, man. Oh, wait, never mind. Hockey is home that weekend. I was just going to say, oh, even hockey's not home. This is really lining up now. Hockey is home. But even if you flew out on like Thursday, this is me speaking. If I flew out on like Thursday, oh, wait, no, that's how, isn't that Thanksgiving? Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't work. Could fly out Friday and then have, if you could get down there early Friday, have all day Friday. There's definitely going to be an availability there. Never mind. No, Thanksgiving's the week. You're on the also you're on the wrong schedule. So it's their games are before oh. Thanksgiving. Like, yeah. Oh, you're right. I could fly out there. Oh man. <laughs> I know what I'm doing after this podcast. I'm looking at flights for uh to the Bahamas yeah, so and I'm I sending messages. Why I picked these days that I'm tracking, but I was tracking the 22nd, which I think is like getting down there for the first game and then like flying home on Friday. So I guess you would be in the Bahamas for Thanksgiving, which is not ideal. Though if you're a fan and just trying to like plan a Thanksgiving trip, this is probably ideal. Um, And it's round trip from JFK, direct both ways for 273 right now. (laughs) So anyone looking for flights. (laughs) Oh, okay. Yeah, we're... I'll, I'll close Google flights for now, but <laughs> uh, that would be, yeah. Oh man. I, I really want to do that. That would be amazing. <laughs> Aside from that, the fact that I'm going to be thinking about it for the rest of the podcast <laughs> and scheming how to pull that one off. We've got a little time to go. So we, to get back on track here, non-conference schedules out. We also got some pretty, <laughs> I don't want to say random news, just some news out of left field about Kristen Williams. She underwent 
I think it was two surgeries on her left elbow. One was, I'm going to sound like a doctor for a second. One was an ulnar transposition, which according to a super official website, I looked it up on, it occurs when a nerve is compressed against a part of the elbow, which can happen from leaning on it too much, like on a table or on like the window of a car or something like that for a significant amount of time or from a fracture. And the surgery essentially moves the nerve and it relieves pain or discomfort. So since Kristen Williams just kind of threw this out there in this new YouTube series that she has, and it occurred two days after the last time we got to talk with the players, we have no idea how much this has affected her, whether it was one of those things that was just, oh, well, now's a good time to get it done. Nothing's happening. Shouldn't be anything major. Whether her elbow was the reason that she hasn't played great at times is the elbow affecting her shooting. And that's why she hasn't been a great three point shooter. It's one of those things where we spend all this time talking about, Whoa, what's wrong with Kristen Williams. And okay, maybe she's had a serious elbow injury that we've never known about. She also had an arthroscopic surgery to remove loose fragments to, I, I, I mean, I think every surgery is, to major to a degree, right? So she had it on July 8th. It kind of seems like she's back because UConn released a little clip of practice where Kristen Williams was participating. I think she put up a layup with her left hand and then took a shot with her left hand. So looks like she's all better. But again, we don't have answers because she just kind of announced this on her own. If she didn't put out this YouTube series, I think it's completely possible that we never know that Kristen Williams had elbow surgery. Or, I don't know, maybe she asked UConn not to release the information so that she could use it to promote her new YouTube series. I don't know what it is. It's weird, but I guess good that Kristen Williams is getting something fixed that was apparently bothering her. Yeah, I have agreed that it's weird, but I guess we know now. So hopefully it's like nothing that's going to affect her going forward. Like you said, it looks like she's practicing. So nothing that's hopefully going to kind of bleed into the season but yeah interesting I guess maybe she was trying to promote these YouTube series maybe she's hopefully getting some money for it so yeah I I galaxy brained that as I was thinking (laughs) so I do feel like this is a tangent but the players for the most part have been kind of quiet on the NIL front like other than Olivia has had, I feel like, a fair amount of things on Instagram. Like, I haven't seen much in terms of, like, NIL stuff that's been, like, obvious, at least from their social media. I'm not a huge Instagram person, but I I follow them all, obviously, just to see what they're up to. And every now and then when I click through, they, one of them here and there will have some sort of promotion going on. I want to say, two very different players to be trying to figure out who was who, but maybe they both had one, but I thought Mir McLean might've been promoting something at one point and maybe sailor Poffenbarger was doing something too, or maybe I'm confusing them. I think one of those two like had some small promotion. I feel like I might've seen Paige do something too. I don't know. It hasn't been anything major. Like it's just been know, a shoe, a shoe company. Oh, actually, no, I think Kristen Williams might've launched a clothing brand or something. Oh, she did. I totally missed that. So if that happened, I, I missed it. I have seen some small stuff on sailors, though. I would agree with that. I've seen that. Kristen like briefly threw it on her Instagram story, I think. But okay. like I don't see anything on her profile or anything about like where it could be, but I it like had her CW logo. I can't think of what 
what she's calling her brand because it has something that's also CW. She, yeah, it, it looked like a shop. I think it was, I don't know. It One of those things where you kind of just look through it quickly and don't spend too much time thinking about it. But yeah, it seems like they are all kind of taking it somewhat slow besides Olivia Nelson and Dota, which if you want to take it slow, that's great. Olivia Nelson and Dota, full credit to her. Do what you want to do. She seems like she's really killing it in the NIL game. Or Kristen Williams, her new YouTube channel. Hopefully she can make some money off that. But yeah, it's at least they have the opportunity to do that, which is the whole point of the thing. So yeah, as it, it seems like it's a slow drip. I don't know. Maybe they're waiting until the season starts where they're going to have a bigger profile or something like that. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, I feel like some kind of Paige Becker's March has to be coming. She tried to trademark Paige Buckets. So I'm sure it's all coming. It's just hasn't happened yet probably waiting for the season or something to get more traction but yeah I would agree I think I've had like Olivia Nelson and Dota things have been pretty quiet but I'm kind of interested to see where that all goes as things start to pick up here with fall and starting the season yeah I mean I just cannot imagine how quickly a Paige Buckets t-shirt would sell out exactly I mean I want one so (laughs) yeah (laughs) Paige Buckets t-shirts Paige Buckets hats Paige Buckets bucket hats uh, yeah. I need to stop listing off ideas because I'm just giving free <laughs> ideas right here. I definitely need a Paige Buckets bucket hat. No, sold on that idea. So I hope she sells them. Does Paige Beckers uh, see Kristen has a business inquiries email? Paige doesn't. Otherwise, I would fire off that email to tell her to Paige Buckets bucket <laughs> hats. Give me like one percent royalties, and I'll be able to retire. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> wow, this is really. But yeah, oh my God, Page Buckets gear would just, I mean, you could literally just sell like posters that say Page Buckets and monster sales. I, I should really get into the NIL game. I have a lot of ideas on this. Yeah, I'm like so interested to see how it's going to like materialize in the season. I feel like I'm in trouble because I have a really bad habit of buying like breaking tea t-shirts when they come out and mm-hmm. I'm like, can make ones for like actual college moments that are happening I'm like it's gonna be a problem <laughs> yeah it's it's really hard having a lot of t-shirts because I don't want to like buy more because then I already have too many but I don't want to retire any of the ones that I have now <laughs> very very difficult problems to deal with yeah. for anyone else that's a breaking tube fan though like you can get lifetime free shipping apparently if you buy enough of them i don't know what the number is but i have achieved a lifetime free shipping. <laughs> i was just gonna say hmm, this sounds like someone who's already reached that limit yep <laughs> i'm also a model on their website for one of the u.s soccer shirts so it's just it's all <laughs> wait wait what that was yeah, there's, there's, there's a photo of me from the world cup <laughs> okay well that they used to advertise it. <laughs> well, now I need to find this. Okay, sports, <laughs> soccer, U.S. Women's National Team PA. Um, it's their shirt from, was it, like, I forget who was it that said it. In the, prior to the World Cup, they had that, they were playing, like, I think a friendly or something, or maybe it was the She Believes Cup on network television, and someone stuck the mic in the huddle and accidentally caught them saying, caught them saying we are effing winners. It's that shirt. Hmm. Probably towards the bottom because it's when they're older. Oh, oh. <laughs> that is you. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> and that's at the World Cup. Yep, that's from the like World Cup final in France. <laughs> and you're directly next to uh, 
I don't know who it is, but is it McCall's or Boney? I think it's McCall's or Boney standing next to a person wearing the t-shirt, but um, we don't need to go too deep on this tangent, but wow. (laughs) I didn't, I didn't realize Megan Gower t-shirt model breaking. (laughs) You should probably add that to my resume. It's not on there. (laughs) Honestly, breaking tea should sponsor us. I don't know why they haven't yet. (laughs) I would like them to sponsor me. They don't even have to pay me. I just like, if they just give me free charts, it would save me so much money. <laughs> they do now have a tab for college athletes. Okay. If, I'm in if, so they, <laughs> if they start doing UConn players, there's no reason they should not, they shouldn't start advertising with us. No free ads, but <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, all the players should sell t-shirts. I mean, I don't think Kristen Williams likes the name. I don't know if she does. You're telling me Squeaks t-shirts wouldn't go nuts? Like the 13 on the front with the Yukon and then on the back 13 with Squeaks instead of Williams? Yeah. Again, I so <laughs> many ideas here. So many ideas. Or yeah. uh, who else has a nick? Oh, oh, Mama E. There we go. Another oh, yes. one. Really Mama easy. <laughs> I have not any Yukon players so far, but I have seen some college athletes on, it's like Brianna Stewart and I think like, Taco Ball and a couple other players started that clothing company a few years back where they sell player merch. And I have seen them starting to add some college players as well. I think it's called like Power Forward, but they like abbreviated weird as like PWFWD or something like that. I have started seeing some college athletes pop up on that as well. I think it's all like direct from athlete to consumer stuff. So hopefully these people get more money from that than kind of typical t shirt sales. That's pretty cool. Brianna Stewart rocks. She does. (laughs) Her also, for people that haven't heard of it, they should go check out her merch on there because she's got some pretty cool sweatshirts. I have too many things and I just want to buy everything. I literally have a full closet full of basketball and soccer merch. It's a problem. (laughs) Yeah, I'm... (laughs) And also, like, it's... I mean, it's good, but it's also the worst when, like, these, like, great t-shirts are super comfortable. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> because this isn't a free ad, but I'll run a quick ad because we're involved with it. But uh, did you get any home field merch when they yeah, launched? Yeah, I have UConn one of their line? sweatshirts, and yeah, I wish I could like live in it. It's so comfortable. Oh, <laughs> I I got two T-shirts to promote when they launched the line, and oh my god, both of them are easily the most comfortable T-shirts that I own. At least if they had worse like material it would make you think twice about buying it but no when it's just this amazing material that feels like you're in a cloud it's really hard to go against buying that yeah agreed plus they have that sad jonathan which is always a win oh, yeah <laughs> see i got a sad jonathan i don't know it was one of the years they started selling it in the bookstore and i'm like right in between a medium and a large so like it depends on what the shirt is whether or not it fits me and I got a medium and now it's just like a little too small so that it's not comfortable. And I kind of messed it up in the wash. So I don't wear it as much, but I wonder if they still, still sell it in the bookstore because I would get another one in a heartbeat just to be able to wear that around. I get more comments on that than any other piece of clothing I've worn. Yeah. Also, I honestly did not know until like home field started selling or stuff that it was supposed to be called sad Jonathan. Cause I've always called it Derby Jonathan. <laughs> I don't think it has a real name. I mean, it was just like the circa 1959 logo. I've seen it like, I, there's no way I could find the photo right now, but like I've seen the actual logo 
in like use somewhere before on like Hugh Greer's jacket, the old basketball coach. And it looks less derpy in person or like in use. And I think it was when they made like the graphic that had all the different logos for when they launched the newest one back in 2013. I think that's when it became super derpy. Gotcha. That's fair. That's what I, from my unofficial research, that's what I declared. (laughs) While we're on this topic, the men got throwback uniforms last year. Why don't the women wear throwback uniforms? Yeah. I want throwback uniforms to like the Diana Sue era ones with like the big C with the basketball. Oh. Give me that, please. Yes. (laughs) Yes. They need to do that. (laughs) Well, you know what was so And then sell them because now you can sell them with the players' names on them. Oh, yes. True. (laughs) Well, they've been selling old men's like there's ray allen jerseys like that are error appropriate there's rip hamilton i think they've been selling kemba t-shirts like there's no reason have they even been selling sue bird ones i don't know i think they sell sue bird and diana trussie and my more t-shirts but just t-shirts okay yeah it's i mean well this still drives me nuts where two years ago so the last pandemic season megan walker's big year here before the Tennessee game, she was talking about like, oh yeah, we got something special going with the uniforms. Like uh, we got a little surprise for you. So then like me and the other people around the beat were like, okay, well they have, to, it has to be the 95 jerseys, right? Because that was the first time they played Tennessee and that's what makes sense. And like going on and on. And they come out wearing the black jerseys, like the most plain boring alternates that they've ever dreamed up and Megan Walker was hyping them up a ton so <laughs> I'm still mad at Megan Walker for that <laughs> yeah I like I wish they would do throwback jerseys it's so much fun or just something different like they always like do the black jerseys now and they're fine like I don't have any strong opinions about them but like I don't know change it up do something fun <laughs> yeah I, and they're alternate like their gray alternates are literally just their current (laughs) their current white uniforms except um gray like those aren't even different whereas for a couple years there at least across the chest it said huskies which i'm not giving them credit for like being (laughs) different but at least it was something it's just annoying very annoying. I'm just not a fan of the gray uniforms. I don't know how you feel about them. But I'm like, why don't make oh. like red alternates or something? Do something fun. A gray is just, uh, I don't know. I don't like them. <laughs> oh, I have so many takes on this. The gray uniforms <laughs> are terrible. They're so pointless. Just, they look like the white jerseys, but dirty. And they've, <laughs> they've never done gray well. Like a couple times, the men have had really nice gray jerseys. The women have yet to have a really nice gray jersey that I'm a fan of. It's just... And they wear them so much. Like, okay, if you want to wear a gray jersey like a couple times, like, I guess I'll get behind that. But the fact that they wear it for every single XL Center game, I can't stand it. It's just, it's one of those things that is so unimportant, yet it infuriates me to no extent, which if you listen to this podcast for a long time, for the last year, then you know that most things that make me really mad don't actually matter. But uh, it's why like that's the thing is why if you're going to have an alternate, like do something cool, have a throwback, have I'm not team red jersey, but like that would be something different or have I don't know, like just try something different. I would rather have something horrendously ugly that's trying to push the envelope than just the exact same home uniform except gray. 
yeah i fully agree i would rather like actually hate it because it's horrible like overly creative than just be like i hate it because this is another gray uniform that would do exactly like the other uniforms but worse right and let's be honest if you do an ugly uniform right you just have to wait i don't know what like 15 years for those (laughs) to then be retro and actually cool to wear like the whole revival of those 90s w or not WNBA jerseys 90s nba jerseys you cannot tell me that 90s nba jerseys aren't extremely ugly yet people like to act they're super cool and old school and like that so like at least in the 90s people did ugly correctly where now everyone wants to like bring them back just do that or even yukon's 95 jerseys with the basketballs down the side and like huskies across one leg like i know people love those uniforms those things are brutal on the eyes brutal they're Mm -hmm. terrible and I'll die on that hill. Some people think they're actually <laughs> nice uniforms and they're not. Yeah. I don't love them, but like the retro aspect, would, I'm like, I'd rather see that. <laughs> a lot of the stuff that they do right now. So I'm still here yeah. for it. Also, I just don't... it's very in right now. You might as well bring it back. <laughs> yeah. I just don't understand the total lack of throwback uniforms. You have so many options. So many. I mean, like even the Meg Como era, a friend of the show those just super basic would still be really cool yeah i hope we see something i feel like maybe now that the men's team did it hopefully it's like at least on the reader well (laughs) speaking of the uh men's they those ones are awesome like i love those era jerseys it's i think like the early 2000s and i'm pretty sure they won't wear them anymore because that's when they didn't show up against st john's and lost oh yeah so i don't think they wore them (laughs) after that game well, that, you don't have to worry about that with the woman. You can make throwback jerseys and they won't not show up against a biggest team and lose. <laughs> yeah, but what if you wear them against like South Carolina? I don't know. They went with this like black team for how many years against the big opponents and they've lost in the black jerseys many times. They keep wearing them. <laughs> yeah, but they won the first one. And I think that's the difference. Okay. Well, Look, don't wear I'm... it against South Carolina. Wear it against like Oregon or. Something like that. <laughs> I'm not saying like that's a smart thing. I'm I'm just providing the reasoning here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and again, we're we're talking about things that would make a lot of money. If you put the team out there in throwback uniforms and then started selling the throwback uniform to buy, uh, I don't know why UConn hasn't hired me as head of apparel or why one of the players <laughs> hasn't. DM'd me on Instagram asking for my ideas because they're great. <laughs> yeah, no, agreed. I I do wonder how much we'll see like the merch stuff change because of all the NIL stuff. The fact that they can actually sell like a player jersey and stuff like that too, though, this year. I think that's going to be a bit of a, hopefully it means we're going to get better merch. I'm not going to cross my fingers, but. <laughs> can the bookstore even sell player merch? I thought they could, but maybe I understood NIL wrong. I just don't know if um, the school can be involved at all. Gotcha. I don't know. Like, I, I just genuinely don't know the answer to that question. But yeah. it would suck if you couldn't. Yeah. Or if, like, Nike maybe can sell it directly or something. I don't know. But That's true. No, because I don't think they can do stuff. No, no, no. They can't do stuff with a Nike competitor. Right. Like, that's it. Don't make a deal with Adidas. But I don't yeah. think that's just, like nike can't actually be making like, the page buckets t-shirts or something right yeah 
Very which actually might resources. happen. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I could see that being a thing. <laughs> that might be why Paige has been so quiet. <laughs> <laughs> She's just going to drop it game one. Yeah. Like There's they're going to rename like, it. Paige buckets Jordans for sale <laughs> for sale after like November 9th or something. <laughs> I was just going to say, it's probably going to become the page buckets arena at gamble. <laughs> Can you imagine if a player literally bought the naming rights to an arena because they had the money? (laughs) That would be so funny. Be wild. No, actually, you know what would be even funnier would be if Paige Beckers bought the naming rights to like South Carolina Arena. (laughs) That would be good. That would be amazing. (laughs) Oh man! Again, so many good ideas here. I was gonna say, I think, I think one player's parent listens at least one, but I don't think they're involved at NIL which is sad because oh, I'd have so many great ideas for that player. Yeah. So I don't think you can probably afford any of the players. I've discussed this with our boss, Mahan, before. Like, I, I don't even, like, know what what would be, like, an appropriate offer. Yeah. Like, I have, is it, like, hey, here's a hundred bucks to throw something on your Instagram story? Or is it, hey, here's a thousand bucks to throw something on your Instagram store. Like I, it's such a huge range. I don't, it's such like a brand new field that I don't know if the players even know. Yeah, that's true. They're probably also learning like how much should someone pay me for this? But I mean, if anyone else's parents are listening, I have ideas. And don't just steal them off this podcast. Cause I will bring back the audio and take credit <laughs> that, or just send me one of the t-shirts. I don't yeah. <laughs> I, I'm a very easy sell. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how we got off on this tangent. Um, some, either, but... <laughs> we somehow started on Kristen Williams' elbow and got here. So with that, we are going to take a quick ad break and return to talk about UConn in the WNBA. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. A couple weeks ago, the WNBA announced a W25 list, which honors the 25 best players in the league's all-time history in conjunction with the 25th anniversary. Surprisingly, UConn makes up a big chunk of the list. Six players were on it. And that is over 20%, if you're amazing at math like I am. On it include Sue Bird, Diana Taurasi, Tina Charles, Brianna Stewart, Maya Moore, and Swin Cash. And it's pretty amazing that the league's been around for 25 years, which is almost exactly the timeline that UConn has been a national championship contender. And four out of their six players on the list are still active. I don't know why that blows my mind so much, but I, I feel like that's more testament to Bird and Tarasi's longevity more than everything. It should be five out of six with Maya Moore. It very well could be five out of six next year. That is not a prediction. That's just I'm saying it's possible, but I don't know. That I that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's really cool. I've and like you said, I think it is really a testament to Bird and Tarasi's longevity that they've they've just been in the league for so long. So that's definitely a huge part of it. And also, I feel like it's really cool that Brianna Stewart is on there. She's the youngest player on that list by far. She's only been in the league for, what, like three and a half healthy seasons, and she made it on the top 25 list 
25 players of all time list. So that's pretty impressive too. Right. Well, it goes back to our conversation from last episode about is Brianna Stewart a Hall of Famer? Well, literally insane that she's already one of the 25 best players in the history of the league. And maybe I just wasn't on Twitter enough, but like she's so good that even like the anti-UConn people out in the women's basketball world couldn't even complain about it. (laughs) Yeah, actually, I don't. Maybe I wasn't really on Twitter either, but I feel like I didn't see anyone complaining about her being on it. (laughs) So that's a win because usually there is some kind of complaint about every UConn player. Like I would actually be kind of surprised if Tarasi doesn't win the overall kind of goat thing and people are going to have stuff to say about that. But there was no complaints that Stewie was on the list. Well, I think the goat part two would maybe be a little bit different if the league came around earlier. Because, Mm -hmm. I mean, the thing that surprised me was the team with the second most players on it or the school with the second most players on it with three was USC, which is... I think you could have given people lots and lots and lots of guesses and USC probably wouldn't have come up. And I think it was just because USC was so good in the eighties that those players that were there in the eighties were kind of at the tail end of their career by the time the WNBA came around. So they might've dominated for like five seasons, but if it was there when they graduated, then maybe it would have been domination for 15, 20 years, kind of like Diana Taurasi. I mean, if Diana Taurasi didn't start playing in a league until 2011, let's say, like that's a significantly different legacy for her. So I think that has a little bit more to do with it, but I think people are all pretty much unanimous that Diana Taurasi is the greatest women's basketball player of all time. And I don't know if the WNBA length changes that, but I mean, she's pretty incredible. Yeah, I I don't think it's unanimous from my Twitter feed, but maybe that's mostly the South Carolina fans. Um, but, okay, yeah. we're talking about people with brains, and clearly they don't qualify. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why there's so many South Carolina fans in my timeline, but there are. <laughs> so I pulled up uh, USC women's basketball's Wikipedia just because I was curious about how they had three different players on. So apparently they were the first division one women's basketball team to give scholarships, which became available in 1976. And they've won two national championships, which I'm not sure I could have told you in 1983 and 1984, they've been to the final four, three times those same two years. And then 1986, and they haven't been to the elite eight since 1994. Kind of weird that, I mean, they were, this massive powerhouse for a couple seasons and then they've done absolutely nothing since i mean they haven't even gone to a sweet 16 since 1994 so it's not like we're pretending that this team was just like just on the cusp a couple times they haven't even been in the conversation i mean in the 21st century they made the ncaa tournament three times so that is quite a quick rise and then more or less launched themselves off a cliff right after yeah, honestly, it probably comes down to like being one of the first schools that actually bothered to invest in women's sports and then just other schools catching up, which is sad because like the 80s are not that long ago. Also, apparently their nickname, USC Women's Basketball, is the Women of Troy. I did which... know that. There's like a docu- there is actually, I think maybe it's HBO or it might be the ESPN documentary about like the team that used to be really good. And it's called oh. the Women of Troy. I did not know that. I think it's HBO. I want to think it's HBO that did it. Huh. 
Huh. It was a recent interesting. Game, lost like a couple of years. Yeah. I'll have to check that out. Also, Lindsay Gottlieb is their head coach. I did not realize that she was an assistant with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Like I knew her name was familiar because she was the head coach when UConn played a handful of series with them. But yeah, I didn't realize that she, after play or coaching at Cal. Cal, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then went to the Cavs. Yeah. Now she's back at USC. They've actually had some like decent freshmen the last couple of years. Like I think they're not in like contention yet, but like they've been moving in the right direction in terms of being back in the conversation for at least like tournament teams and things like that. Yeah. They're kind of like a worse La Tech. Like Louisiana Tech was one of the best programs in women's college basketball at the start. And then they decided not to hire Kim Mulkey as a head coach, which basketball wise, terrible decision in terms of morals. Great decision. Great decision. Can't fault them there, but yeah, they really fell off. It was, it was really weird. where like the longtime head coach there stepped down so that they could hire Kim because he thought she was going to, go to another job obviously because she ended up being a really good women's basketball coach so he stepped down and then it was something like la tech would only give her i want to say it was like a three or four year contract and she wanted a five-year contract and they just said no they they didn't give it to her so then that's when she went to baylor and then i think the head coach like took the job again and they kind of fell off from there but imagine not giving a coach like Kim Mulkey one more. I'm pretty sure it was over one year that they refused to give her. And then she goes and builds a great program at Baylor that wins multiple national championships. Yeah. So you kind of also, Yeah. Yeah. But speaking of Kim Mulkey, did you see that Baylor finally got rid of the lady bears? As no, really? They're no longer the lady bears. They're just the bears. <laughs> So they have entered the 21st century at Baylor. Tennessee will never enter the 21st century. Those fans like have the Lady Vols as a like badge of honor, which is super bizarre. (laughs) Also, like I, I think I mean they're still doing it, but like specifically last summer, Fox Sports's Twitter account was posting like these great graphics of like how many All Americans have played at this school, which schools have the most like those type of things over the summer and a couple times like they just used the general Tennessee logo instead of the Tennessee Lady Vols logo and the fans lost their friggin' minds I was reading through the comments one day and it was just the most unbelievable like anger like the dumbest reasons to be anger and again I get angry over really stupid reasons so if I'm saying that getting over getting angry over something is stupid that's how you know it's really stupid and that was really stupid well, yeah, I also just always found it so dumb that, like, you really, really call a team, like, the lady whatever. Like, we don't call the men's team, like, the, I don't even know what the male colon of ladies is, <laughs> the lads, volunteers. Like, why, why do we do this? <laughs> Sorry, the lads. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I know your argument was that we don't do that, but I really think we should. <laughs> The lad volunteers. <laughs> they would never lose a game. <laughs> <laughs> the Yukon lad huskies. God, that's amazing. <laughs> Honestly, like 
some college needs to just start calling like an all men's college or an all boys school needs their nickname to be the lads. <laughs> the uh, I, I, I can't even think of like an all boys school, the Brownsville lads. Like, come on. That's great. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm going to start calling men's program, men's teams, the lads. <laughs> oh, you know what uh, Major League Baseball stands for? Major lads baseball. Really? <laughs> No, no, you're making the jokes. Yes. National football lads. National hockey lads. I will milk this joke dry throughout the next uh whatever cycle is on social media. Oh my god. The lads. But jokes yeah, sound so stupid. So like why do we do it to a woman? Right. No, I mean your point, your original point was spot on. Absolutely. But the lads, that was I needed that. <laughs> I I do think I saw that the NWSL, the National Women's Soccer League, was talking about not only rebranding their logo but potentially rebranding their name. And I know Bella Bixby, the goaltender for the Thorns, said tweeted something along the lines of, "Yeah, let's drop the W. We're over it at this point." Which I fully agree with. It's not like every soccer league in the world is named. It's not like they're the WMLS or the M. WLS they're a completely separate league so why not just be the National Soccer League or the American Soccer League or the United Soccer Association the uh I don't know people who are smarter than me can think of a better name but like you could be just a soccer league and not have to be a W soccer league and like when the USL announced that they were having a women's league and Hartford Athletic was going to be a part of it and they named it the the named it the w league like come on you have so many options you don't need to be the w league i think the wnba should change its name i like i know that the w has become a nickname for it but like why not be the american i think the abl is a thing the american basketball why not again come up with your own name for the league and still have it under the w or the nba's umbrella i can't say the nba now without saying wnba but just i I don't see any reason why we still need to have so many of these gendered league names. Yeah, I've seen that too. And I think, agreed, like the men's leagues, right? There's no, like, it's not the NBA. Like, that just sounds stupid. But yeah, like, they, we don't do it for men's leagues. And I've also seen a lot of it about, like, from a gender inclusivity, like, perspective too, that not necessarily everyone that's on a woman's team identifies as a woman. So why are you calling it woman's league? Yeah. And I mean, it's even worse when it's the lady something. And when I was writing for, (laughs) yeah, uh, I was writing for SNY, just like a um, freelancer for, I want to say that was the 2018, 19 season. So like Fee and Lou's senior years, Kristen Williams and Olivia Nelson Adota's freshman years, the Tampa final four, that's how you mark your years in your head, because that's how I mark mine. I was freelancing for SNY because they wanted a, uh, just a Yukon basketball writer. I wrote about the men and the women. And one day I like, they wouldn't send me the link to the article. I would have to go find it to then tweet it out. And one day I clicked on it and in like the sub headline, it said lady Huskies. And I've never fired off an email quicker to, I think it was the person who was like my handler or whatever, the editor that I was um, working with being like, uh, this article has my name on it. It is not the Lady Huskies. 
<laughs> either take my goddamn name off of the article or fix it immediately. And I've never gotten an email back quicker from my editor saying that that got fixed. So yeah, yeah. it's just very, very dumb. And I mean, I don't even use them in my articles anymore. And if someone wants to get mad at me for that, good, I will fight you. <laughs> yeah, I actually tried to actively avoid them. Even when like writing about Baylor, I was like, I'm not calling them Lady Bears. <laughs> I disagree with it. Now we don't have to anymore. So hopefully Tennessee will enter the 21st century soon. <laughs> they definitely won't because I'm pretty sure that was like a big Pat Summit thing. We're like, she, for some reason, really liked the Lady Vols name because that distinguished them from the other teams. Uh, I've I've read it before how, like, it was a big Pat Summit thing, so I don't think Tennessee's ever going to change it because of that. <laughs> if the Avina Westbrook saga with her waiver taught me anything, it's, I don't even need to say it, but, like, one guy was trying to say on Twitter that, like Gino said, it, it was so it was so simple that Gino said that Tennessee had three options with Avina. They could have supported her waiver, they could have opposed her waiver, or they could have been neutral on it. And they were neutral on it. And then the idiot AD at Tennessee who's since gotten fired or whatever, uh, the old football coach was like, "Yeah, we didn't oppose her waiver." And some Tennessee fan wouldn't shut up about how Gino was lying and how their AD said that they didn't oppose the waiver. And I tried to explain it like three times before I think I just blocked the guy where it was like, yes, the two guys are saying the exact same thing. (laughs) Gino is saying that Tennessee supported it. And then when she went to UConn, they didn't support it or something along those lines. And the Tennessee AD is saying they didn't oppose it. And there is a third option in there that both of them and like this one guy that was arguing, it wasn't the only one that wasn't grasping the concept. So clearly public education, no, I'm not going to knock public education in Tennessee, even though it does suck. Uh, But clearly like the point wasn't getting through to them. So yeah. Oh my God. That was, I hated every moment of that saga. It was terrible. Baylor was the only, the women's basketball team at Baylor was the only one that had lady in its nickname. I think so. Or at least none of the other teams are like that. Those teams are well known enough that it's bothered me, but. Oh yeah. Like, so yeah. Shout out to Colin getting rid of that real fast. <laughs> yeah. I'm reading the ESPN article on it now. Shout out Michelle Vopel. And she said that the other women's sports teams at the school had gone to the bears nickname in previous years. They had already joined the 21st century. Yes. I'm, I'm shocked that a school that employed Kim Mulkey took a while to get there. Shocked. <laughs> Not that she would ever come on, but I'd love to have Kim Mulkey on this podcast. You know the character. I, I, have so, I have so many questions to ask her. Do you remember when she just started singing in the middle of the press conference? Yeah, I one? remember. Yeah, it's like... I don't make it to a lot of things, but I was at that one and I remember that vividly. I've never been so confused in my entire life about what was happening. <laughs> it was, I'm from the old school. I can't, I couldn't tell you who the uh, artist was, but I feel like I might be able to find it if I look quick enough. It was Alexa's question, right? Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> oh i'm I'm totally going to dox Alexa for a second, but uh, we were discussing this moment after the game. 
And she looked up the song and it was like, yeah, it's actually not that bad of a song. It was that bad of a song. Alexa, you have terrible taste in music. If you're listening to this, I'm from the old school. I also just hate country. Oh, John Connolly. I think that's it. Connolly, the incorrect way. Oh yes. It says I've already watched the video. So this is definitely it. (laughs) This is C-O-N-L-E-E. The correct spelling and not my spelling. This is also the correct spelling is C-O-N-N-O-L-L-Y. I'm pretty sure it's from the same name. Okay, hang on. Let's uh, wait. We have an ad. No free ads. No free ads. Hang on. I have a second one to get through. Oh God. We came from different sides I'm sorry, I can't do this anymore. That's enough. That's enough. Yeah. Horrible. Horrible taste in music, that Kim Mulkey. Oh God. I need like a cleanse to get that song out of my head. Well, wait, what's today? Is today? Oh no, tomorrow is the 21st night of September. <laughs> I will be listening to that song all day. <laughs> One of my favorite theme parties, I don't even think I went to it, I just heard about it, was some of my roommates' junior year. Their like club track friends had a 21st night of September party because September 21st fell on a Saturday that year. Amazing. That's, that's what I miss about college. Just the very stupid random things that happen like that. Yeah. I also just like love a good theme party and that's not really a thing when you're an adult. There's not theme parties anymore. <laughs> I know. I am very excited for Halloween though this year after, I mean, I actually had friends come over, but no one dressed up, even though I encouraged them to um, outside social distance, I should add, because this was pre-vaccines, but I'm very excited for Halloween this year because I'm going as Ted Lasso. And I've been waiting to do this for two years or like since last year i wanted to go as ted lasso and i'm gonna go as ted lasso this year so i'm very excited for that i have to figure out what i'm gonna be i don't know i'm going to a party so now i need a costume but i don't know i think we discussed this last podcast (laughs) this is now ringing a bell (laughs) (laughs) i think we did go through this already so i'm sure everyone was very excited to hear about our halloween costumes for a second time (laughs) on a side note uconn football should hire ted lasso as its head coach like literally Jason Sudeikis playing Ted Lasso. Honestly, like it can't get much worse, so. <laughs> no, it literally can't. So why not at least be entertained for a little bit and get some good press? Yeah. <laughs> like that should be. Someone to come film a documentary about the season and make some money. Solid idea. <laughs> if uh, April Fool's wasn't like four months after they're going to hire a new coach, it would be really funny to announce that Ted Lasso is going to be your new head coach. They should do that anyways, but <laughs> still very good. Have you started watching it yet? I feel like I, I ask you not. this every time. It's on my list. <laughs> so good. So good. Uh, we will give a free spot, ad to Ted so Lasso. Maybe I will start it soon. After next it's <laughs> once once you start it, you won't stop it. Yeah, God. See, that's I can't watch this like that because I don't have self-control and I'll be watching it until like four o'clock in the morning and I have to work. <laughs> it'll be worth it just (laughs) it will be trust me it's it's just so good so good well speaking of the professional ranks back to the wnba wow what a transition there (laughs) 
Regular season just wrapped up and the playoffs are about to start. Yes. So playoff standings are finally set. It took until basically the last hour on Sunday for them to be kind of set in stone. But the Connecticut Sun are the number one overall seed. So no UConn ties there, but at least the Connecticut tie. The Aces are the number two seed. Minnesota at three. The Seattle Stone at four. The Phoenix Mercury at five. Chicago Sky at six. And Dallas Wings at seven, and New York Liberty got that last spot that was kind of between them, the Washington Sticks and the LA Sparks until the last hour on Sunday. So the Liberty are in as well for the first time since I think like 2017. So it's been a little bit since the Liberty have made it to the playoffs. Um, so for those not familiar with the playoff format, the first two rounds are a single elimination. So the Sky will play the Wings, and then the Mercury will play. The Liberty on Thursday night, single elimination games, and then there'll be another round of single elimination game on Sunday with the Storm and with the Lakes. So a lot of kind of ties on both of those teams, but they reseed after each round. So you don't know who they're actually be playing yet. Um, but I feel like the main things to keep an eye on is one is, is Brianna Stewart going to be back for the Seattle Storm? Because she is currently out with a, I think it's a foot injury from the end of the season has missed about like just their last two games over the last week. I believe what Noel Quinn, the storm head coach said today was that she is, has not practiced with the team yet. They're hoping she will practice with the team Friday or Saturday and might be able to play on Sunday, but um, they are not sure at this time. I don't sound great. So that could be an interesting thing to keep an eye on for the storm, especially because it was a single elimination game for the first round. So Single elimination game with no Brianna Stewart could be interesting. So my biggest question is, do the Washington Mystics just not have anyone besides Tina Charles? Because everything you wrote throughout the regular season was like, Tina Charles is just lighting it up every single game. Tina Charles is setting this WNBA record. Tina Charles has now broken this record, which has been standing for 24 years of the league history. And then they miss the playoffs, not just to some random team, but to the New York Liberty, who are more or less the New York Jets of the WNBA. So, like, how do you have Tina Charles, who is so good, and then you miss the playoffs to the New York Liberty, who are the New York Liberty? Yeah. So, one, yeah, they kind of just had the Tina Charles. They've had a lot of injuries, mainly Elena Deldon has been injured all season, played, like, one game and then was injured again. So, that's a huge piece for them that has just been gone. Also, Emma Masonman in the past has been a huge piece for them. Stayed at home in Belgium for the Olympics and decided to not rejoin the team after the Olympics. So they've kind of been without their like big three in the front court that everyone's been really excited to see play together. So that's a big part of it, really. And then even their background, I mean, Ariel Atkins has been good for them, but Nikasha Cloud dealt with some injuries throughout the season, too. So they just haven't really had their, their squad that they were expecting to have. Didn't Mike Tebow's son coach like a couple games too? He might, might have. I don't know if Tebow was out, but Eric Tebow is their assistant or associate. I think he's a now promoted to associate head coach. Um, so yeah, Eric might have coached a couple games. Yeah, damn. Well, Tina Charles was still great. That's yeah. a nice. That's a nice little plus. She did 
I think the, they officially announced today had the WNBA scoring title for the season. She scored the most points per game. It was something over 23 points a game. So really good season for her, despite the fact that <laughs> the Mystics are missing the playoffs. I don't want to say this to make it sound like it's Tina Charles's fault because I really don't think it is, but it almost kind of feels like everywhere Tina Charles goes, like suddenly that team becomes re- like everyone else around Tina Charles becomes really bad. Like she was on the Liberty for so many years. The sun weren't exactly juggernauts when she was there, if I'm not mistaken. And like, this was supposed to be like a great year for Tina Charles to have a chance at a ring. And then, you know, it didn't. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of the like Tina Charles having a chance for the ring was the thought that it was going to be Tina Charles and Elena Delazan and Emma Meesman, which right. yeah, they probably would have run a ring, but without that part, I think it becomes a very different picture and you're missing two out of the three people in that equation. So. Right. Yeah. Breaking news teams without good players aren't as good. Yeah, UConn probably wouldn't be a national championship contender without Paige Beckers, Kristen Williams, and uh, Avina Westbrook. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Something like that, you know. But yeah, not the best season for the Mystics, unfortunately. Um, Well, they also did, they were supposed to have Alicia Clark from the Storm this season, but she got hurt right before the season, so she missed the whole season. So yeah, I feel like just there was just so many pieces there. I can't even list all the pieces there. I'm like missing people that were missing, so. I'm really blanking. Who did the Storm beat in the finals last year? Vegas. Ah, yes, them. that's right. That's right. That's right. Okay. <laughs> uh, for some reason, I was thinking, did the Mystics get back two years in a row? But no, they didn't. They won no. it. They won it right two years before because the Connecticut Sun just don't win titles. Yeah, they won it they, two years ago. I remember I was at game five for that. So yeah, they beat the Sun in that last game. And then, yeah, last year, I don't remember how far the Mystics made it last year, but they didn't have Dell down last year. So, or meets them in, I don't think. So, probably not or far. Charles. Yeah, exactly. They have nothing, not nothing, but they have a lot. So, I think they made the playoffs, but just barely. Um, it was the, yeah, it was storm versus aces last year. And then I forget, I think the aces ended up playing Connecticut in the, um, semifinals, even though Connecticut was one of the lower seeds and then the storm played Minnesota in the semifinals. That's right. Poor Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. Though would... they are the three seed this year. They've got a shot. I don't know. I'm interested to see what's going to happen there. It would be very Brianna Stewart-esque to, oh my God, that I don't know if she's going to play. Like she's only going to have maybe a day or two of practice before coming yeah. back. And, and then like, like she, 30, yeah. <laughs> she's going to score like 30 points and have 15 rebounds and they're going to win by 25. <laughs> like I would be more surprised if that didn't happen than if it does, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> well, the good news for the Lakes is, or actually no, they could have to. No, they can't have to play Seattle in the semifinals because they're in separate games in the second round single elimination. So if they both win, they will have to play not each other in in the semifinals. Where do you stand on the whole reseeding thing? I think I'm in favor of it, but I don't, I don't know. Like it, it seems like a really nice idea, but I don't know if I've spent enough time with it and gone through like enough playoffs to really have a strong opinion on it. 
Yeah, I actually, I like it because I think it rewards the teams that performed well in the regular season. They already get buys and stuff for that, but then they also get like the easier opponents. Um, So I think it rewards the teams that have done well all season. So I like it. I have mixed feelings about the single elimination format though, because I think it adds a bit of fun to like have it be single elimination, but at some point, like should your playoffs be like at least the best of three series instead of just the like who can win this one game i don't know yeah no that's fair i i'm trying to think does the nfl also do reseeding i think they also do reseeding but it's just kind of been going on for a while that no one actually talks about it anymore i don't know i'll follow the nfl well enough to (laughs) no you're lucky if i can tell you who's playing in the super bowl so (laughs) whoever tom brady's on probably (laughs) That's a very safe guess. I think he's been to 10 of 19 Super Bowls in his career or something. (laughs) Insane. To me, the Super Bowl is both food, but anyway. (laughs) I can't. I hope. I'd like to go to a Super Bowl party this year. I just generally like going to parties now that I can actually do things in real life. I hosted a Super Bowl party last year, which was before people freaked out because it was COVID. It was my immediate family, and that was it. I just hosted because I had (laughs) bought a place. Um, But we ordered J. Timothy's like wings that you can take out, and then they were in the oven. Oh my god, they were so good. (laughs) Highly recommend. Honestly, (laughs) I've only had J. Timothy's once. I went. I don't know. Probably. Yeah. Well, like I'm east side of the river, and it's a long ways to Plainfield. Yeah, that's fair. I don't know. Like, I run the east side of the river, and I feel like I've had it more than twice before I moved to the west side. <laughs> I don't know, but it's just like I'm not going to drive half an hour to go get dinner. <laughs> we I guess I'm speaking for myself. Here. Half hour for food for sure. <laughs> I'll drive a half hour for ice cream. Like half the reason I go out to Yukon a lot of times is to just get Dairy Bar. Oh my god, they have a mint Oreo flavor now, and my life is that's complete so good i had a hot fudge sunday with it last time i was up there for hockey i think it was thursday oh i never knew i needed something so much in my life i don't know to me i feel like jay timothy's wings are like far more superior than every other wings place in the connecticut more than the dairy bar is like more superior than other ice cream places if that i don't know that makes a lot of sense but get what i'm saying no no i know what you're saying like Jay Timothy's is so far number one that nothing else can compete with it. Whereas you can still get a pretty good ice cream somewhere else, even if it's not dairy bar. Exactly. See, I'm also like uh, 10 minutes from Salem farms in Salem, which is for my money, the best ice cream I've ever had. So when like, that's an option, I don't need to go very far for other places, but it's just like, okay, I, I could go up to Yukon for something, well, I could go up and also get Dairy Bar. So, like, it's kind of like a two-for-one type thing. Fair. Like, I'm not going up to the Dairy or to Yukon just for the Dairy Bar. It's, like, a very nice addition to the trip, though. That's fair. Although, I was just thinking, hockey starts in, like, two weeks, which means <laughs> the battle between me and the Carvel stand right behind the media uh, seating. Oh, no. <laughs> it's really expensive like it's i want to say it's like eight bucks for a sunday i don't think it's very hard to resist that seems about right i feel like you can get a beer for like eight dollars and they're charging eight dollars for ice cream (laughs) yeah i'll take the ice cream every well it's a sunday but but still (laughs) so like i think the 
I mean, not that the just cup is significantly cheaper, but like it is cheaper. I mean, at the football game, the first one I went to, I think the dairy bar was charging like eight bucks for like a two scoop, very large cup of ice cream, but it was still eight bucks. And that was just ice cream. I also feel like beer costs more eventually though. Yeah, I mean, I don't think any of UConn's arenas in any sport are exactly known for their food selection. Yeah, that's true. I actually don't know that I've like ever had anything good to eat at the Excel Center. <laughs> well, they have bears. Actually, I lied. They have bears. Oh, that's true. That's true. That's not, <laughs> but like, that's more of a stand that they have. That's not yeah. like stadium yeah. food. That's right. But no, that's that's still a very good call. That's Bears is quite good. I'm really struggling with food at UConn. They closed Dave De- Dave's Deli recently. I didn't even get to go. I heard some buffalo oh. chicken wrap. <laughs> yeah, because I probably talked about it every yes. single time we started <laughs> discussing it, yeah. food. Like it was so weird. They survived the pandemic with really weird hours. Like I went in on a Saturday at like one o'clock one time and they were closed. So they were apparently like open through the pandemic and then closed uh, in like June or July. Very weird. Sad. But I, I, the options for food and stores center, I honestly am not a huge fan. Like it's basically Moe's or I go off campus. Meh, I wouldn't say that. I got blaze a, one time, but it was slow and I just didn't love it. Blaze pizza. And there's Muya, but I just don't love those type of burgers. I mean, Subway is always an option, but uh, Subway's... I talked about that you don't like Dogland, but I'm still a big fan of Dogland. <laughs> no, no. It's just, it's overpriced and not that good. Well, I can tell you, <laughs> Center is still the best food. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just such a low bar. Like, I'm hoping, maybe it just, I mean, it's been open for a good amount of time, but I just really wish there was more like, more like dog lane. Like I love the concept of dog lane and what it is. I just don't like the food there. Like this is not an anti dog lane thing. Just have better food and better prices. And I'll be more of a fan. Like I I wish they dog lane amusing because they have another restaurant. It's called like the vanilla bean or something. It's up in like Pomfret. The menu is like basically the same. But the one in Pomfret is like a like a biker hangout. Like there's always <laughs> it's like the total opposite vibe of the one in Store Center. <laughs> oh my god, I didn't know that. That's hilarious. Yeah. yeah, like I wish there were more of those things. But I guess there's like Sergeant Peps on the other side of campus. Yeah. Like if Sergeant Peps was in Store Center, I would probably have a different opinion of Store Center, just because that is by far the best pizza on campus. Oh yeah, hundred percent agree. Or if like Willington Pizza House had like a satellite takeout pizza place in store center, that would be great. Honestly, why have they not done that? Probably because they have enough business at their regular place and don't want to deal with drunk college kids, but that's probably why. But <laughs> well, that also like I've gotten Willington takeout like a couple times. And like it's one of those places where it's like great if you eat it in the place, but I just don't love it if you take it home. Like there's just some pizzas that are better when you take them home. Well, not better, but like still really good when you take them home. Like Sergeant Peps is really good transferability. Whereas Willington Pizza House just doesn't. That's fair. I feel like Red Rock Pizza also had good. Oh, Red Rock. 
Red Rock is very sneaky, the best restaurant in stores, even though it's not on campus. Agreed. Also, their pizza is like very underrated Yukon pizza. Oh, really? I've never had their pizza. Uh, they used to, like I said, I worked at the admissions office, like whenever they had like some kind of event for us, they used to order it and it was actually really good. They have like a chicken parm pizza, which is basically just pizza with like breaded chicken on it, but it's very good. Oh, they have easily the best wings anywhere. Well, Bidwell. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I was just going to correct that statement to say anywhere within the rough radius of campus. Bidwell is like, it's not a bar drive, but like it's far enough away Fair. from campus, like in the general vicinity of campus, they have the best wings like wings over, I think is kind of overrated. I've never been to wing stop because they don't deliver and who walks all the way to store center to get wings. Yeah. No. So yeah. Red Rock has the best wings in stores. Bidwell around Yukon. Yeah. I'm not going to argue that one. I used to like wings over in school. I do feel like well, we can get off of this tangent a bit because this is irrelevant, but like wings over in like at UConn is definitely better than the other wings over. Cause there's like one in West Harvard and it is not nearly as good as the one in stores. Oh, okay. Actually very sneaky. Good wing place is Ted's. Ted's is actually yeah, a really good place to get food and their pizza. Like actually most food at Ted's pretty good. Yeah. Which you wouldn't expect. Like good sizes, good prices, and like good quality. Anyways, <laughs> had a lot of tangents on this podcast. Yeah, well, it's not like the news has been overflowing. Well, at least if we're looking ahead. Yeah. Nope, that's Google Flights and not my calendar. It does remind me to go back on Google Flights after this podcast is over to start looking at flights. It, I if I had to guess, first night is probably going to be October 15th. Big East Media Day is already scheduled. That one is set for October 19th at Madison Square Garden. And the first exhibition game is Sunday, November 7th. So we're not almost there, but we're at least starting to get into the buildup. We are moving in that direction. And that is very exciting. Yeah, for sure. And we are... 55 days from the official home opener for the woman too. So we are getting there very quickly. I'm ready for it. I'm bored with yeah. September. There's not a whole lot going on in September. At least well, October. It feels we start like it's getting... like midsummer still. So I know. Yeah. <laughs> right. At least like October, the leaves start changing, which I love. Like the fall stuff really starts to hit. I've already had a couple apple cider donuts and I've just been destroying the apple cider in my fridge. So at least October, like that kicks into gear a little more. And then it will be November and the season will be here. And then once we hit November, suddenly it becomes April and we're at the final four and we wonder <laughs> where the last five months went. Yep. <laughs> Not that I'm complaining. Nope. Minnesota. Speaking of places to start looking at flights. <laughs> yeah, I will book that now. <laughs> yeah, I feel pretty good about that one. I think they're going to make the final four this year. Hot take. <laughs> <laughs> If they don't make the final four, it would either be because everybody got injured or uh, that would be the most epic failure in Gino's career. I mean, yeah, I just, I just don't see it not happening. I would be shocked. And I've heard really good things about Minnesota or Minneapolis. So I'm actually kind of excited for that. Yeah. I've heard great things. Maybe not so much the first week of April, but. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yes, but at least we're not covering a Super Bowl there in February. That's fair. And it can't be worse than Tampa. <laughs> yes, nothing can. 
<laughs> I was actually just thinking the other day, like, uh, I wish Tampa was like this year for some reason. And I have no idea why. See, I think next time we have to go to Tampa, we should like, if we can rent a car or something, because it's far, we should go to uh, St. Petersburg because last time we were there, I went down to St. Petersburg because Hartford Athletic was playing there. And St. Petersburg actually looked like a lot of fun. Like lots of like outdoor bars, places to eat, lots of people walking around at night. It seemed really fun. It's just very far from Tampa and not doable with like Uber because I think it would be like 50 bucks. But if someone, one of whoever our group is that would be going down of like beat writers, I'm thinking going down to the final four had a rental car or even anyone else that's down there. I think the move would be go to, to go to St. Petersburg on whatever night there isn't the game. That would be my, my, uh, my recommendation next time we have to get tortured with, uh, I can't even say the place, right? Tampa. I mean, sounds good to me because I feel like, outdoor bars people actually walking around good restaurants sounds like the polar opposite of downtown tampa so i am in <laughs> yeah look we have a very low bar that we're looking to get over very very low bar all right well my computer battery is at five percent and i don't have an outlet to plug it into so that is going to put an end to this episode of chasing perfection you can follow megan on twitter at megan gower you can follow me on twitter at daniel b Connolly. be sure to subscribe to the yukon women's basketball weekly Megan has an awesome article coming out on the premium there. So sign up for that. Also read the Yukon blog, subscribe, like, listen to this podcast, wherever you get your podcasts, tell a friend, Megan, anything to send us out. Hopefully when we talk in two weeks, we'll have some more news to talk about. You don't need to listen to our food takes for two hours. <laughs> That'll do it. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>